This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Jackie Clay and LaToya Jordan from the East Texas Human Needs Network. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. You're very welcome. I look forward to this interview and uh, enlightening our audience. So let's just start from the top. What is East Texas Human Needs Network and what do you do? Well, East Texas Human Needs Network is a nonprofit organization and we believe that we are better together. It's through working together in partnership that we can really solve social issues. And so Ethan is a collective of over 100 organizations, institutions, and individuals who love this community that work together to solve what we have uh, heard from our community are their most pressing needs. Some of the things that we do is manage a website called 903help.org. It's an online directory of social services in four counties, Smith, Anderson, Rusk, and Cherokee. So we encourage our neighbors who are having needs to go to 903help.org and search either by category or by keyword to find local nonprofit organizations that can help them. Another thing we do is the point-in-time homeless count for Smith County. We do that once a year. So once every January, we go out and we count all of our sheltered and unsheltered neighbors. We'll go to organizations like uh, Gateway to Hope, uh, also to Salvation Army, and we'll also go out into homeless encampments and, and count the number of homeless in our community. It gives us a snapshot, just a point in time. Can you uh, verbally give me the snapshot from 2022? How, how uh, Roughly how many homeless people did we have in Smith County? Well, we did one this January, and okay. we had 328 homeless. And uh, of those, 18 were veterans. So we know that our point in time gives us an underestimate because we were out from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And so if they were sleeping in a parking lot at a Walmart overnight, we missed them. Um, or if they were in their encampment and decided they didn't want to be counted, we couldn't count them. Some we could observe, but 328 is the uh, rough estimate that we can offer for the 2023 point in time count. So, so the total population of Smith County is probably 400 and change, right? Somewhere total population, uh, about 110 live in Tyler, right. about 265 live in Smith County, 265,000 okay, roughly. A little, a little high there. Yeah. Um, so out of 265,000 with under f about just under 400 people that we know of mm -hmm. uh, that have been documented recently that were homeless how is that number for the community does that dictate a company a uh, community that's doing well um, or a community that uh, has too many homeless people well i'm of the mind that if you even have one that's too many and so and that's not even counting the people who are considered couch homeless who are sleeping on a friend's couch because they don't have anywhere to live so 
if you're living with a friend or a family member, um, functionally, you're homeless. Uh, if you're sleeping in a car, you're homeless. If you're sleeping in a shelter, uh, you're homeless. And in my opinion, one is too many. And so I think you'll find um, that it depends on who you ask. Some people believe that if homelessness stays steady and doesn't increase from one year to the next, then you're doing okay. But in my opinion, your numbers would need to be going down every year, and that would be a significant indicator that you're making a difference. Uh, for me, when your functional homeless is at zero, then your community is successful at addressing homelessness and near homelessness. It's very nice and, and, and accurate, I guess. Mm -hmm. a, a, a zero number would be what we would all want. I, it, it's hard to see. It's hard. It's hard to see. It's uh, you see it a lot less here in East Texas than um, you do. Like when I go to Dallas or Austin, um, you know, when when I just see you know in, in front of me. So mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm very thankful that we have people like you making a difference there. Mm -hmm. So that, that's one aspect of what you do. What's another? Uh, we also uh, conduct poverty education seminars and workshops in our community. Uh, we use the Bridges framework, Bridges Out of Poverty. Um, and so we will host simulations with colleges, universities, church groups, nonprofit organizations, pretty much anybody who would want to uh, experience, get an experiential uh, learning environment. Uh, we send people through what it's like to live as someone in poverty for a month. So we'll spend a couple of hours talking about the complexities of poverty, and then we give them uh, money and uh, scenarios, and they have to live their life as someone in poverty. And at the end of it, we ask them to reflect on how it made them feel. They spend 30 days in, in this situation? So for us, 15 minutes is a week. And so okay. they'll do that. They'll do four 15-minute intervals um, after we've had a seminar about poverty and all of the things that make uh, up, up poverty because it is quite complex. It has some to do with resources, but a lot to do with the environment where we grew up, the policies and laws and procedures that we have in place that perpetuate poverty, um, even things like discrimination and the zip code where you live. So there are so many things that play into poverty. We try to help people understand that. And then with the exercise, we give them a little bit of the experience of what it's like and all of the different things that a person in poverty has to balance just to even show up to their appointment on time. From finding a babysitter to taking a day off work when they're already making such little income um, to having to figure out how they're going to get to the appointment because they don't have a car. And so we try to help people become more empathic to their neighbors who have poverty as an experience um, because it's through empathy and understanding that you can build a really strong understanding relationship. And in relationship, you can partner with someone who's living in poverty to show them some steps they can take to get out of poverty, right? It's in that relationship, but relationship starts with understanding and understanding starts with empathy, being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes to try to better understand their experience. One of my neighbors started the Tyler Street team mm -hmm. uh, 
um, the mm. year it froze, oh, uh, yeah. Cali, um, and and made a big difference. And I noticed the the difference between what she has done or that organization has done, and and probably what yours does, and what a lot of a lot of organizations don't is it's a step by step process. It's not just a handout. Mm-hmm. It's a step by step step by step process to end the poverty or mm-hmm. try to is that right is it, it is and uh, the Tyler Street team does amazing work um, I know Callan but I know Shana Yates uh, mm-hmm. pretty well and um, they have really hit the nail on the head that you have to meet people where they are and that's literally what they do they go to encampments um, and then they have a grassroots um, organization model where they activate the community to help out neighbors helping neighbors. Um, but they will walk alongside of an individual or a family as they transition from homelessness into permanent housing. Um, and I've seen them time after time uh, get people washing machines, dryers, furniture, diapers, baby clothes, milk, um, take people to appointments, go take them their medicine. It is highly involved it is very highly involved um, and very necessary so uh, I really have a lot of respect for Tyler Street team and the work that they're doing but they have set the example of what it means to build a relationship with someone and walk alongside them as they transition from one place in their life to the next yeah I'd argue very very few people and my circles really know what poverty looks like um, and it's sad because we need to know and it uh, <clears throat> you know there was someone that passed recently uh, Arthur uh, who's the face of the still to this day he's the face of the street team and uh, I was lucky enough he, he stopped by my house uh, every couple of weeks um, and uh, really enlightened me to some degree and to, to what lives are like like that mm-hmm. and it um, the, most of the time it's been my experience these are really good people mm-hmm. that have fallen on really hard times and if they're not in a good situation it's typically because they have a issue mm-hmm. um, that, that's been untreated mm-hmm. or unmedicated and that's very important yeah you bring up a really good point and um one of the other things that we do in addition to the point in time count every year is we do a comprehensive community needs assessment for Smith County every three years. And we recently finished uh, a study and I went out into the community and I was helping to collect data. And I uh, spoke to quite a few of our homeless neighbors and I was really surprised to find out how many of them have jobs. I think that um, we have this view of folks who have homelessness as their experience that they don't want to work, they don't want to get help, but quite a few of them that I talked to were trying so, so hard to get back on their feet. And they were living in a car and they were working and they were going to uh, the Salvation Army to get food and they were trying their best to claw their way back to stability and tapping into our community resources to to make that happen. But sometimes people have these crises in their lives, right, that throw them into a tailspin. And if you don't have uh, the type of um, money in emergency, an emergency pot, and you don't have family that 
it has money to help get you out of a situation, you're going to have to figure out a way to do it on your own. And that's what I, I, I realized, that we have some hardworking, tenacious people who fell on hard times and they are trying to get back to a place of stability. Does that mean that everybody uh, who is homeless is working hard to get back to a ground zero? No, because homelessness exists on a spectrum and people have these different levels of readiness to change their situation. And they may be dealing with issues such as a substance use disorder or a mental health issue that is undiagnosed. So. No, it doesn't mean everybody is ready and working hard, but a lot of the folks that I talked to, they were really trying their best to get back to a place of stability. Let's get those websites out one more time. Um, the The first website is 903health.org. 903help, H-E-L-P. <laughs> 903help, excuse 903help.org. me. 903help.org. And uh, the other one is uh, E-T-H-N-N. Dot org. Yes. And that is uh, for the East Texas Human Needs Network. Correct. And you can go there. They can go there and find some of the information that we're talking about today. Um, so uh, what else do we have to, to talk about? Well, I would like to let the entire community know that on July the 18th, from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., Ethan is hosting a symposium. Um, I mentioned a little earlier that every three years we do a comprehensive community needs assessment for Smith County and we are unveiling our results from our data at the symposium and we would like as many people as possible to come. If you are interested in what our community needs are in the areas of health, behavioral health, community safety, food security, education, transportation, employment, housing, any of these social issues, we invite you to come to the W.T. Brookshire Conference Center from 12 to 2 on July 18th and hear what our neighbors have to say about what they need. We also, go ahead. Uh, I'm curious, so I know that the, uh, the 2023 information has not been out yet, or the mm -hmm. 2022, I suppose, mm -hmm. but the year before that, can you give me a snapshot, possibly, of what maybe Smith County might look like? Where, sure. as, as opposed to where we want to be? Sure. So uh, we did the needs assessment in 2013, uh, 2016, and 2019. Um, and some of the things that we found out is that uh, in terms of economic well-being, a lot of the folks that we surveyed are living in poverty. 53% um, of the folks that we surveyed in 2019 said that they're having some trouble with their finances. Um, and a lot of that has to do with where we do, do, do our, did some of our surveys. We did go to a lot of local nonprofit organizations that people are using to access their services. But we also found out some pretty interesting things that we didn't know about transportation needs. Um, in 2019, 32% of the people that we surveyed said that they are having trouble finding stable transportation. Um, in addition to that, 11% um, of the people that we surveyed in 2019 said they were having trouble finding stable employment. And 27% of the people that we surveyed said that they didn't have uh, adequate health coverage. 
and 4% of the people that we surveyed said that they were experiencing homelessness. So what we do with the data that we get from our CCNA every year is uh, in Ethan, we have monthly meetings and we've broken ourselves into councils to address some of these needs that folks have identified from the Comprehensive Community Needs Assessment. Uh, we have six councils and one task force. We have an economic well-being task force. We have a health, behavioral health, education, transportation, um, employment, uh, and economic well-being. Um, also housing. So every month we get together and we talk about what we can do to address the needs that people have specified from the needs assessment. Some of the projects that we have worked on uh, this year to address the identified needs from our last CCNA is we most recently had a job fair called Take the Step. At the job fair, uh, we had partners from Goodwill, uh, BCFS provided free childcare. Uh, the folks at Goodwill gave out free interview outfits and shoes. We had a, a, a group of folks from workforce that helped people with resumes. We had employers there who were ready to hire on the spot. Um, we offered uh, gift cards to people who wanted to participate in our current CCNA. And we did our very best to love on everybody that came through that door to help them have access to jobs and educational opportunities that will give them the type of wage that they can live on. But it's because of the data that we collected from our last CCNA that we knew that finding stable employment was something that people felt like they needed. Um, our education council has also created a, a resource manual for adult education opportunities. One of the things we found out from our last CCNA is that there are a lot of adults who would love to go back to school or get additional training, but they weren't aware of what programs exist in our community. So the Education Council has created a manual for adult learners who are interested in furthering their education or getting job training to learn that's powerful mm -hmm. that's a life changer yes and so uh our we have a group that's working on transportation our count transportation council one of the projects they're uh organizing for this year is a a transit field trip. We want to make the community aware that Tyler Transit and GoBus could be really good options to get back and forth to the appointments and things they want to do. So we are going to be inviting the public to come try out Tyler Transit. We're gonna have six different groups and they're gonna to go to the grocery store. Some of them are gonna go have a bite to eat. We're all going to meet downtown at the main hub for Tyler Transit and we're gonna go on each one of the routes. But we want people to know that if you're having troubles accessing stable transportation, that Tyler Transit or GoBus could be a really good option for you. 
You can still get where you need to go. You can still go grocery shopping. You can still go to dinner and a movie if you want to. You can still go pick your kids up from school. You do not have to feel like you're uh, held captive or prisoner to your home because you don't have a car. You can still get where you want to go. As we speak, I, I, um, I understand, but I, I view uh, the East Texas Human Needs Network is almost like an umbrella protecting, just an umbrella protecting in many different ways. Uh, what, what, what I'm curious about, can individuals, uh, how, do, how do we, uh, one, get involved with you, two, make a change, and are there, are there uh, situations where there, you know, I know uh, children have a foster program, you know, and I wonder if possibly uh, the homeless and people of need, if there's any kind of sponsorship program, uh, like a mentorship uh, program for them, like uh, like someone like me that's an empty nester and that would be connected with someone in need and say, hey, you can stay here for you know, X amount of time or I can, I can help you in some way. Are there, are there things like that? Is that a need for the community? Uh, well, so Ethan is made up of over 100 organizations, institutions, and individuals, right? We meet every month on the third Tuesday of the month at TJC West in uh, the RTDC building in room 104. One, one of the things... Would you say that, that again, just so everybody can hear it again one, one more time? Sure. We meet on the third Tuesday of every month uh, at TJC West. We meet in the RTDC building in room 104, and our meetings are free of charge and open to the public. We invite people to come to the meetings. One of the things that we do in the meeting is we have... Uh, three of our partners at each meeting make a presentation about the services that they offer and how to make referrals. So at the meetings, you can learn who's doing what and where you might be able to plug in. So we encourage people, if they have clients, if if they want to volunteer themselves, if they want to donate themselves, that's one way to find out where you might be able to plug yourself in. But then we also ask that people will um, volunteer on one of the councils, right? Because that's where you're going to do the, the nitty gritty work. So you'll take a look at the data from the CCNA and you will create projects around that data to address the need and fill the gap. So if you want a hands-on experience of serving your neighbors, you certainly can get involved on one of the councils and start working on some of the projects. Could you view them at uh, 903help.org? Yes. Okay. Oh, you can view them at ethan.org. Okay. So Again, that is E-T-H-N-N.org. Correct. Um, now, on 903help.org, if you or someone you know and love has a need, maybe they need help paying their rent, or maybe they need help with food, you can go to 903help.org and you can search for organizations in Smith County or Anderson, Rusk, or Cherokee, um, organizations that might be able to help you. So PATH helps with rent. So if you're looking for help with rent, you type in rent in Smith County, PATH is probably going to come up. But we also have other organizations in the housing and shelter category. So if you search by category under housing and shelter, you'll get a list of organizations in Smith County that help with housing and shelter. So Highway 80 will be on there. Salvation Army will be on there. Um, 
Tyler Neighborhood Services would be on there. And the individual could print off that list or take a picture with their phone or sit there and call each one of the organizations um, to see if they meet their criteria to receive services. Are the needs more dramatic in Smith County, Anderson County, Russ County? Where, which county suffers the most? Well, I can't say with 100% certainty. A couple of years ago, we did a needs assessment in Cherokee County, but because we're not conducting CCNAs in those other counties, I can't say. But what I can say is that we have uh, conducted this CCNA in such a manner that we would be happy to share it with these other communities to use as a model. Um, And I'm so happy that the University of Texas at Tyler has partnered with us on this most recent CCNA because they helped us create a tool that can be replicated. Um, And we also work with the community scientists program through UT to help us with the wording of our survey. So from the research, uh, we know that the 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 questions have validity we were measuring what we think we're measuring and we've also piloted with our neighbors so we have faith that the tool that we use is one that's it's efficacious i'm not the brightest knife in Mm -hmm. the drawer and i know what i just said um what's a uh science a community scientist so UT has a, uh, a group of individuals who will go through your survey word by word. They'll tell you if it sounds confusing. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you if the reading level is too high. Mm-hmm. You ask them if the amount that you're offering for people's time is fair. So they peel through every question. And, you know, if they feel like the vernacular is off, they, they give you input. So we We went through several months of uh, picking the right wording for the questions, and then the folks over at the university helped us choose some um, questions from models or surveys that have already been shown to have validity. So we have some questions about anxiety and depression from different tools that have already that are already being used to measure depression and anxiety. So we know we're actually measuring depression and anxiety. So we went through quite a few months of making sure we had a tool that we could feel confident was actually measuring the needs of the folks in the community. I don't see how you could be homeless and not depressed, clinically depressed. I, I just don't see. I, I, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people that blue sky. They're able to blue sky. Probably not the best one, but I know there are a lot of people that are. But it'd be incredibly difficult to blue sky things, um, trying to find a place to shower. You know, so I, I think that's probably a huge need right there. It's just the the mental and emotional well-being of somebody that's gone through this. It's got to be devastating. Well, but, at our last uh, CCNA, depression, anxiety were um, very high on the needs list. As a matter of fact, uh, four of the top ten needs were health or behavioral health related. With depression anxiety being at the top but you would be so surprised to know that there are folks who 
are squarely in the middle class and they have identified anxiety and or depression as their top need. I was out surveying folks and I was very, very surprised at just how many people are sad. It's rampant. It is. It's rampant. It, it, it's a tough time now. I don't want to get into all of it. Everyone knows, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what our situation's like. But uh, the disparity in poverty, uh, again, uh, the late John Sims taught me the word disproportionality uh, mm-hmm. in my 40s. I never forgot that mm-hmm. and never forget the effects of it. Uh, let's um, go over one more time uh, the date and time of the symposium and the location. It's July the 18th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's at the W.T. Brookshire Conference Center. Um, The location is 2000 West Front Street. Tickets are $40. We are also selling half tables and full tables. Half tables are $200 for five seats, and a full table is $400 for 10 seats. And goes to a really worthy cause. It does. Well, I, I can't thank you enough. I, I and I've and I've learned a little, and I'm I'm just getting little uh, snippets, but I I realize uh, how important what you do is. Uh, I want to tell people one more time that they can uh, find out more about you by going to 903help.org and. Ethan.org, E-T-H-N-N.org. That's your direct website right there. But they, I just gave them both so they could have them both. And uh, I want to thank you for coming in and all the difference that you you make in our community. And if uh, uh, we can ever... be an outlet for you whenever you have something to come up. I hope you would feel comfortable in coming back in and and talking about it and help you to get a voice into the community in addition to your already strong voice in the community. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, that will wrap up uh, this week's In Focus. Again, my guest has been Jackie Clay with the East Texas Human Needs Network. And we will see you again next week at the same time. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good week. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the team sports radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.